if the, the founders or kind of the, the entrepreneur delivers his or her service and good to the, the particular um, customers or beneficiary population with a sense of gratification, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of meaning, it actually um, goes a long way and it actually trick trickles through the organization and makes sure that everybody is geared towards that same goal. I am Conrad Chua, and this is Changing Careers, a podcast about the changing nature of MBA careers and how MBAs can change their careers. I have been working with MBAs for almost 10 years now, and I've seen more interest in how business principles can be used for social good. In today's episode, you will hear about how an MBA made her career transition into one of the most prominent impact investing funds out there. Priya Shah is now a principal with the UNOS Social Business Fund in Bangalore. I spoke with Priya in Bangalore, India, and she starts by telling us more about the UNOS Social Business Fund. So the UNOS Social Business Fund is um, the Indian arm of the global social business fund of, of YSB, UNOS Social Business. And um, we uh, essentially are a debt fund. So we were established, um, you know, basically to invest long-term debt in social businesses um, across many different sectors. So we invest in healthcare, agriculture, energy, um, education, livelihoods, um, clean energy, etc. And our uh, main mission is to make sure that we not only provide financing support, but also that we provide non-financing support, so kind of technical support to these social businesses. And the reason why we're a debt fund is because in India, there are about 50 plus impact in investing equity funds. So there's a, a big paucity actually of affordable debt financing for these early stage social businesses. And that often leads to kind of um, companies making uh, sort of suboptimal decisions on the way they want to fund their growth. So ideally, uh, working capital, um, capex, those kinds of um, types of uh, financing should really be financed by debt. But because there's little access to debt, being that it's very difficult to get debt from banks, um, there's also a lot of collateral attached to it. It's also very expensive to get debt from larger commercial kind of non-banking finance companies. So companies are often left to finance a lot of their growth through equity or through grant funding, which is also kind of, it, it, equity is more expensive and then also it puts a lot of pressure on the overall growth projections of the company. So we believe that offering this additional or separate asset class to these kinds of businesses has, has actually really helped to fuel um, their growth and really diversify the way that their, their capital structure um, exists. So just a very basic question, what, what is a social business? Sure, so a social business is essentially a business that um, has, uh, uh, is, exists to solve a human or social problem or envi environmental problem and is using business means in order to do this. So it could be um, solving a clean energy issue, it could be solving kind of waste management within a city, but using a business model kind of commercial means to actually achieve this. Um, however, social business is generally different from a social enterprise in that a social business reinvests all the gains or the profits back into the business. So the goal is, the main goal is actually impact. So it's generally an impact first business. And then the secondary goal is, is profitability. Um, but profitability uh, gets reinvested back into the business and is not 
um, made for uh, the founders or the team to actually kind of grow in terms of personal wealth. So you're saying a social enterprise would use the profits in a different way, is that right? I'm saying that there's generally not as much reinvesting um, that is done in a social enterprise and social business, um, that is the main goal. And that's what the principles of social business are um, founded on. I guess a lot of people might be used to thinking about charities or they're asked to donate to charities. How do you think like a social business is different from a charity or more effective? So the social business, um, because it the goal is to be sustainable and to kind of maintain um, a profitable bottom line, it's does it's not dependent on charitable donations or on grants. So unlike in the charity model, whereby um, you deliver goods and services, but your revenues are never great enough to be actually support the cost structure of the business, in a social business, and therefore you rely on grants, a social business, the revenues are always supposed to be um, getting to a point where they can support the costs. And therefore, you have you have to be sustainable in the long term. So the social business does not depend on grants or donations. It, it is able to sustain its growth through its own, um, its own cash flows. So I read that the uh, UNIS Social Business Fund has seven principles for social businesses. And uh, I'm, I'm just intrigued by the last one, number seven. So why is it important to have uh, social businesses that do it with joy. Right. So Professor Yunus actually talks about this in his book. And I think one of the main reasons is to be able to kind of give uh, a sense of satisfaction or um, meaning to the kind of work that is done in a social business. So um, if the, the founders or kind of the, the entrepreneur delivers his or her service and good to the, the particular um, customers or beneficiary population with a sense of gratification, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of meaning, it actually um, goes a long way and it actually trick, trickles through the organization and makes sure that everybody is geared towards that same goal. Um, and it aligns everybody in that in the similar fashion, rather than everyone being focused on many different objectives. So the idea is to kind of um, really cohesify uh, or make cohesive the entire concept of why you're there to work in this business um, and to fulfill uh, for needs of fulfillment or to make sure it's all for the same goal of social good. So the Unit Social Business Fund here in Bangalore. It's only been around since 2016, is that right? 2017. 2017, yeah. so it's quite a short space of time. So what are some of the say, key social areas that you're looking to support social businesses in? Sure. So just as a summary, I mean, we've invested in four social businesses so far, um, and we're looking at quite a few more as we go along. Um, so in terms of, I mean, we don't have a sector preference, really. So um, we've actually invested in a financial inclusion business um, called Cashpoor, which is a, a microfinance business that um, basically gives affordable financing to um, low-income women in northern India. Um, We've also invested in a company called Waste Ventures, which is essentially a company that um, collects waste from waste picker communities, from corporates, from apartments in Hyderabad, and then um, compresses and bales that waste and sells it to recyclers. So it's tackling both the, the human problem of um, allowing waste pickers to have more of a role and a formalized role in the, in the economy and giving them higher incomes for the waste that they collect um, from the street or from uh, landfills, um, but also 
helping the environment in that cleaning up, um, you know, large sections of the city, which uh, generally go ignored and actually making sure that that waste gets recycled. Um, and then we've also invested in a company called Ignis Careers, which is which tackles the problem of kind of um, education um, and outcomes in India. So in India, many um, sort of schools um, deliver uh, teaching in a kind of memorization or rote format so that children don't really learn, um, you know, kind of in an engaged, uh, experiential way. So Ignis actually tackles this problem in affordable private schools and government schools and um, designs English language curriculums as well as life skills for these students from grade one to grade eight. Um, and so we've invested in, in Ignis as well. And we've also invested in another company called uh, Virohan, which is a skilling company. So they provide um, skilling certificate courses for low-income youth to basically become paramedics or allied health healthcare professionals in large hospitals in India. So um, there's a, a bunch of different kinds of models that we've already invested in, and we're looking to invest in a few more over the next year or so. So what's the kind of things that you look for when a social business comes to you to ask for investment? I mean, what, what uh, are some of the driving factors or decision factors that you use? We look at primarily the business models. So how is the business structure? What are the revenue streams? How, is, how are the kind of different areas within the business operating? And um, then we look also at the entrepreneur. And we look at kind of does he or she have the vision to lead this business? We typically look in terms of criteria. We also look at businesses that are between three to five years old and sometimes even longer than five years and because we're not looking at businesses in an idea stage or concept stage we want businesses that are post-revenue up and running and then almost profitable or already profitable as well um, so those are the kinds of things we look at um, on the sort of operational um, and uh, sort of business model side we also look at kind of on the impact side of course um, so is this business um, either sourcing from um, the BOP the base of the pyramid um, producers or are they selling to um, low-income consumers and if it's fulfilling that that need in the market then it's something that we would uh, seriously consider so we've learned about how uh, especially with mobile adoption taking off technology um, you get technology companies like Flipkart here in India just growing and scaling so quickly and even expanding outside the home country. We, we don't see that so much with social businesses. Is that, do you think it's because the idea of social business is still quite nascent, impact investing is still quite early? Uh, do you think that there is that same scope for a social business to really grow very quickly? Yeah, so I think it's a good question. It's a couple of reasons. One is, yes, the idea of social business is quite nascent. You do have a lot of impact funds, impact investing funds coming into India and growing into huge, uh, putting their money into huge social um, enterprises and then sort of exiting those enterprises as well at very high um, valuations, which is definitely possible and the returns are definitely there in, in impact investing. Um, I think the reason why the scale hasn't been as large as and and I think Flipkart is is a unicorn in that segment, um, so it is really kind of an anomaly in the entire tech segment. But looking at the way that social businesses generally grow, it's not really through tech platforms. It's more through kind of business model innovation and the type of customer that you're targeting is not the most high paying customer. So in order to 
get the revenues that you need to be like a giant like Flipkart, you would need to actually cater to a much larger um, number in terms of population uh, of customers, or um, you need to have few anchor clients that you actually cater to if you're sourcing from, um, you know, the sort of low income producers. So. I think it's it's def definitely something that it will be seen in, in the next few years, but um, tech companies tend to grow and scale a lot faster because um, there's a lot more um, investment coming in from tech-focused venture capital funds um, who get excited by the whole prospect of, of growing tech, and, and they keep pumping money into these companies, and they keep growing and growing and growing and, and pushing up their valuations. They, these companies may not be sustainable, so they might be burning money every month and not be operationally sustainable. Um, and I think that's a completely different sector than social enterprise um, or social business, which is not really meant for high valuations or um, large exponential um, kind of uh, growth, but rather kind of slow and, and sort of measured growth that is targeting the right types of customers. Can you tell us a bit more about your career journey? Because you've worked in quite a few places. So how did you... Uh uh, arrive, I guess, at this point in your career where you're investing, uh, doing impact investing in social businesses. Right. So I actually started my career back in 2007. Um, I did my undergrad in the States at Brown University in history, and um, I'd always had a keen interest in impact and, and the development space. But I always thought eventually after working in the private sector, I would probably like to work at the UN or one of these large um, bilateral or multilateral institutions and deliver impact in that way. But um, as I kind of entered my first job in, in finance at Bloomberg and then moved um, to London with my job and then sort of was looking at other options in the impact space, I realized that impact investing was kind of much more exciting and much more, um, you know, kind of uh, close to the ground than a lot of these larger multilateral institutions um, like the UN or, or others. So I decided to focus my career on trying to get into this space. So after my MBA or during my MBA, actually, at Cambridge, um, I was the head of the social innovation SIG uh, and planned lots and lots of sort of uh, trips with, with our, our team. And we went to um, London for a career track where we visited five different impact investing funds and, and um, organizations like Big Society Capital, Acumen Fund, uh, Pearson Affordable Learning Fund, etc. We also did a joint uh, conference with Oxford, with the Said Business School and their school center. So there were a lot of uh, opportunities to get exposed into this space. And then I decided to move back to India, which is where I'm from, um, to kind of really see how I can get much more close to the ground and, and be um, at, at kind of face-to-face -face with these companies and see how what kind of innovations that they're scaling up um, in, you know, in, a, in a, a sort of developing country like India. And India is, is quite an incredible market for impact investing. So there's uh, thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs and there's thousands of um, different areas and business models that you can look at. So it's one of the fastest growing markets for impact investing. And as a result, there's a lot of funds and the, but there's a lot of, you know, kind of accelerator programs, there's a lot of incubators. So there's a huge landscape for, um, for social business and impact. So I decided to start my career here post MBA working at Acumen Fund as a summer associate. And I got exposed to their um, kind of impact business models 
the different sectors that they focus on. And then I joined uh, Simpa Networks, which is a clean energy company um, in uh, in Delhi, focused on kind of how to deliver solar home systems, um, uh, looking at lease financing uh, through long-term leases to poor village households in India. And so I helped them um, along special projects and strategy and finance and fundraising. Um, and then I wanted to get more into the back into the investing landscape. So I came across this role at YSB and um, it was a great opportunity to join a very new um, entrepreneurial kind of uh, sort of setup where I was basically kind of one of the first employee to join the fund, um, but also it was a very established brand name in the space. So it allowed me to kind of um, really kind of uh, build our, our whole footprint in India um, and, uh, and start kind of building a pipeline and exploring how we could use social business principles to do impact um, in India. A bright-eyed, bushy-eyed MBA approaches you and says he or she is interested in impact investing. What would be some of the things that you would look for in that person to see if that person is suited for, the, for impact investing? And you know, do you have any advice for that person? Right. So I think um, a career in impact investing is kind of, we really look for two um, two or three main characteristics. One is um, the uh, kind of exposure to the commercial um, kind of uh, work uh, landscape. So basically someone who's worked in banking or in, in, in consulting or someone who's just had that exposure working in a large company and um, delivering kind of um, projects at a very fast pace. Um, that's definitely something that we would be interested in. But also someone who has that very keen eye for um, on, on the social development side. So is really keen to make a difference, but using business um, and kind of uh, sort of uh, commercial ways to do sort of social impact and someone who has potentially a sector expertise as well. So someone who knows a lot about clean energy or a lot about agriculture, a lot about education could really help in formulating, um, you know, a new strategy for a particular fund that's looking at um, a new sector or a new market. How would you describe, um, say, working in an impact investing fund to uh, an MBA who's trying to enter this segment? Right. So it is a, it is challenging to get into the space, <laughs> I have to say. Um, there are few funds and then there's a lot of competition. So um, I think you just have to make yourself quite distinctive before you you start applying. So I would say build your network, start talking to people, um, write articles, be kind of um, be vocal about what you think about the different sectors, read up a lot, and then um, try to see if there's a way that you can um, maybe kind of uh, sort of get in through an internship or consulting assignment first and prove yourself before you get into um, a sort of a full-time role because it's not as logical uh, sort of shift as working in a large MNC or a consulting firm or a bank. So it definitely takes a lot of um, kind of alternate thinking and pushing and kind of uh, really sort of lateral, um, you know, kind of... Uh, sort of brainstorming to thinking how to get into the sector. And then as for your second part of your question on a, a typical day as an impact investor, I mean, it's very dynamic. So there's lots going on. There's, um, you know, uh, my role actually spans both the pre-investment and the post-investment side, as well as the, the broader ecosystem and how we as a fund relate to other funds and to kind of have a, a larger speaking um, kind of role and capacity uh, sort of in the Indian impact investing landscape. So it's definitely, um, you need a 
lot of good relationship building skills, but you also need very good kind of analytical skills and business uh, business diligence skills to be able to look in business models and quickly identify whether this is the right model or this is not and quickly see patterns um, within the different companies that you're looking at so that you're not um, dwelling too much time on one particular company or one particular sector. I was very grateful to Priya for sharing this conversation with you. It was fascinating to hear how some of the principles that we learn in business school can be applied outside the classroom and carry such great social impact. At the same time, Priya also talked about how there has to be that adaptability when looking at problems that no business case can ever prepare you for. Next episode, I'll stay in Bangalore and you will hear why an entrepreneur decided to set up his solar business in India. If you've not done so already, remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You can also tweet questions or comments about the show or any of the episodes using the hashtag changingcareers. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua.